0: Hello, friends. Happy holidays. I hope whatever you celebrate, whether it's Hanukkah, Yule, Solstice, Christmas, Kwanzaa, or nothing at all, you've had a great couple of weeks and you have found some joy in this dumpster fire that we call 2020. With that being said, I wanted to bring a little joy into the new year and I'm giving away a care package to Patreon. So if you're already a member, you're already entered, nothing you need to do, fam. But if you've been on the fence about Patreon, and this is tempting, then it is patreon.com slash historical AF And the care package is going to have some cool stuff. For example, an adult coloring book that is curse words. And it's called Release Your Anger because nothing will release your anger more than aggressively coloring in the word fuck. Am I right? I'm right. And then we also have a journal called Let That Shit Go, a journal for leaving behind bullshit and creating a happy life. I bought one for myself. I felt like this was something I needed. (laughs) I also get color pencils and then a choice of a wine glass, a champagne glass, beer glass, and you can get anything on it that you like from my Etsy store. So I have things like Mothman, Loch Ness Monster, introverted but willing to discuss history. So... That will all be sent to you randomly. I have a little random generator. I'll go live on Patreon. We'll chat a little bit, and then we'll do a drawing, and it'll be super fun. So tiers are from $2 to $20. Each tier, you get more and more stuff. So you get extra content. The higher you go, you get more merch. You get postcards. You get stuff in the mail. And the $20, this is a new benefit, but you get a new piece of merch every quarter. So four times a year, you get a shirt and stuff. So If you want to join that, again, that is patreon.com slash historicalafpod. Anywho, I'll be drawing this in the first week or so of the new year. And with that, I'll let you get to today's episode. I was joined by Nikki from the Page Turners and Button Mashers podcast, and it was amazing. We talked about books, and you know, I'm a big nerd. So take it away, future Kina. Hello, Giggle Water Gang. This is Historical AF. I'm Kina. I'm Nikki. We are a historian and a special guest bringing you the funny and morbid historical book nugs you never knew you needed in your ear holes. I'm so excited to have you here, Nikki. I'm excited to be here. Nikki is one half of page turners and button mashers. Yes. (laughs) I said smashers earlier. I was a guest on your guys' podcast for Halloween. Yeah. so much fun. So I'm really glad that you're joining me today. I'm I'm excited to finally be on here. <laughs>
1: I'm so thrilled.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, got I, yeah, I talk Dracula. How Bram Stoker created Dracula, and that was before I got a cat and named him Prince <laughs> Walhila. Well Walahia. Jesus, why can't I talk? He's a very cute cat. <laughs> yeah, he's very murderous but adorable. Oh, it's me. It's like every time he's cute. I'm like, you're cute, but who did you kill today? (laughs) What have you done? Like, I'll I'll see him looking really suspicious, like very sus. And I'll go out there and he'll have like a half-murdered lizard in his hands. And I saved this one lizard like five times. And then like the last time, I think I was too late. But I moved him and I was trying to get him warm. Because I used to be a reptile specialist. I'm a big nerd. So I was, like, trying to save him. And then he wasn't moving, but it was kind of cold. So I was like, yeah, maybe he's okay. But he was gone. So either something else ate him or <laughs> he oh lived. So I'm going to think that he lived. I hope so. <laughs> um, and then I'll hear just, like, the weird cat yelling thing. And he's beating up a cat in the neighborhood. So
1: it's It's fun precious evil prince I yes
0: he's about to lose his manhood next week though so hopefully the tom katniss will take it down a notch <laughs> just a little yeah yeah he's just he's just vicious but he's so sweet <laughs> but i'm like i can see the murder in your eyes you the,
1: the floofy ball of razors it's it's
0: Present. So all that to say, because I was on your podcast and I talked about the Prince Wall- he that inspired his name. I love that. <laughs> Even though we call him Doug. I don't know. <laughs> Which was it? We were watching Thor Ragnarok. You know that part where he's like, yeah. oh, Doug bought him. Doug's dead. And then whenever Thor walks away, he's like, bye, other Doug. Well, we start calling him other Doug for some reason. So now he doesn't know what his name is.
1: Oh, that's fantastic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, what am I? Just Yeah, he's just it. here. He just hangs out. He goes, fuck shit up, come home. And he's like, what's up? <laughs> like, Where's my food? <laughs> Rub my belly. That sounds cool. about right. Yeah. Cats it's are like, a trip. That's, that's enough rubbing the belly. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So tell everybody about your podcast.
1: Yeah, so uh, like I said a little bit earlier, we are a books and games comedy pod, not at all meant to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. So I generally read a book a week or uh, whatever I choose because last couple weeks I read a three-part comic series that I was just like, I didn't want to read a book. <laughs> and I report on it, but of course with our little twists and turns into books, Mental side notes, because it's always fun, yeah. and Tyler comes in with a video game that he reports on, and I also interrupt him and <laughs> put in my little <laughs> mental side notes because I have the attention span of a goldfish, maybe a squirrel, really depends on the day.
0: <laughs> and I mean really, I think the prerequisite of podcaster is easily distracted, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and it's just it's a
1: whole lot of fun every week. Tyler has a new opener that I never know. And one time he just greeted me and he was like, Hi, <laughs> how you doing? And I was like, Fine. He's a trap.
0: <laughs> I was
1: like, what's going on? And I was just like, and he was just like, hey, I'm Tyler. i like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> like, um, that. <laughs> and by the way, Tyler is our fiance. Yes. Uh, for the people in the chatty chat that is my beautiful ring it has two skulls on each side, and it is my favorite thing
0: <laughs> it is morbid and I love it <laughs> I am a morbid person <laughs> that's one good thing to come out of 2020 yes so. absolutely the official announcement of our engagement happened <laughs> <laughs> on the pod you can actually listen
1: yep i can't i can't even remember the name of that episode <laughs> like, <legitimately. laughs>
0: it's the one of the you have ones. to listen to all of them to get to the yeah the you'll it it was
1: his opener for that week so you don't <laughs> have to go that far but it was a great episode and i remember it was in october so it was a... <laughs> it, it we it was the first week of the wolfman actually <laughs> Oh okay, <laughs> yeah. i think it was one right before i was on yeah, yeah. It was the first or second week of the Wolfman. And I split that up into like three parts. And I was like, you literally chose now we had literally gotten back from a trip with my parents down to Chicago. And we were completely safe. We were in the car. We didn't really go anywhere except for one restaurant and then mm-hmm. it was empty. But we got back and he asked my dad as my dad was going back into his apartment if he could marry me Aww. and I didn't know and then we got back and I was like you meant today like <laughs> today is what you're asking me what but yeah it was it was awesome and you guys can hear my genuine surprise and I wasn't even sure I said yes the first time <laughs> <laughs> that
0: is phenomenal <laughs> it's a weird love story <laughs> it's the best and you're also a firefighter which makes you yep. like 100 percent cooler
1: yeah i am a volunteer firefighter on top that of is. this and i have a full-time exactly. job but that job is boring so <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's such a badass like mic drop thing to have <laughs> you're like Arsenal of coolness.
1: Firefighter. I know how to bust open doors if they're not locked.
0: I wield an axe. I wield an axe. (laughs) I can climb really tall ladders.
1: (laughs) I don't like it, but I have
0: to. I'm a six foot giant, and heights is like my kryptonite. I just can't, even like three rungs on a ladder, I start being like, oh. Yeah.
1: And we have to do this thing called a leg lock, which is literally when you put your leg through. And then come back and hook it on the ladder. And the first thing he teaches you is that, basically. And he goes, okay, now let go and lean back. And this is, like, on the third or fourth rung. So you can, like, get a feel for what it feels like because you have to do that. And it's like, do I have to? (laughs) I, I wasn't even, like, two feet off the ground. And I legitimately was like, must I? Must I do this? And he was like, well, yeah, you kind of need to know how to do it because <laughs> it's, it's one of those things that if you're in a pinch, you need to mm-hmm. maintain three points of contact so <laughs> you don't fall and
0: die. <laughs> yeah, that would, that would be something you'd want to learn. Nope. That is <laughs> not, not, <nice>. not ideal. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> well, if you are a Patreon and you can see the video, my green screen, that's Trinity College. Their oh, library. Really? Oh, I've actually beautiful. been here. It's probably the most badass library I've ever. This is where Brom Stoker's copy of Dracula is. Like right oh behind me. <laughs> you can find that on the Halloween episode. <laughs> yes. So I'm really excited about this. I'm really glad that you came and joined me for this. This is a a, a Kina pick. I decided to squeeze books in because I just, I love books. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> and I love genre. authors. And so this will be a fun theme. Do you want to jump into it? Because mine's long. One side (laughs) note,
1: that's a book location that just like any other bookstore that I as the book lover would disappear. (laughs) Tyler (laughs) would be like, where'd you go? He's (laughs) like, like, you were were here.
0: (laughs) Well, Trinity is so cool because if you go to college there, you can go up into like the top old stacks. And these things are centuries old. I mean, they have stuff like handwritten manuscripts in there because the Book of Kells is one of the most famous illuminated manuscripts in the world. And it's in a back room like back there. But yeah, it was so cool. And I was just like, I'm going to go to college here someday. And then I grew up and I was like, I'm too poor to go to Ireland for college.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel that. I yeah. feel that so
0: bad. <laughs> Okay, let me blow this up because I am blind. I blew up my the wrong note. My stomach notes. is making all sorts of sounds.
1: So if you guys hear that, it's just—it's not. I'm not haunted. I'm yeah. not.
0: I cleanse or my house. It's just, just my what stomach. your haunted stomach would say. So. It's aliens, Kina. It's always aliens, oh, aliens in my
1: closet, <laughs> in my stomach. You can have an alien. One just—I
0: <laughs> have it on video. Yep, make my fortune. <laughs> Sorry about your stomach. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> Whew, all right. So, for Morbid, the first person I thought of when I thought of Morbid authors or books was Edgar Allan Poe. Of course. Yes. He's a little gloomy fella, and his life and his death are as mysterious and macabre as his infamous story. So, I thought this was just perfect. A huge book of
1: Edgar Allan Poe, like I all of his it. works, like that thick. And I. I haven't cracked it open since I bought it. It's <laughs> just massive. Maybe this will inspire you to get oh, into life. something and just be like, well, that was weird.
0: <laughs> Embrace the dark and twisty. He's Every like day. the king of the dark and twisty. So buckle up, you beautiful humans. Shit's about to get really dark and sad. <laughs> Yay! You have been warned. But luckily, she is funny and she'll lift our spirits at the end. All right. So Edgar Allan Poe was born January nineteenth, eighteen o nine, in Boston, Massachusetts. His parents, Elizabeth Arnold Poe from London, England, and David Poe Jr. from Baltimore, Maryland, were traveling actors that died when little baby muffin Edgar was just three years old. Oh, it's depressing. No, starting out real great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, probably. Let me explain. So, by all accounts, Liz was a lovely and successful stage actress. David, on the other hand, not so much. Quote, despite his attractive face, he just couldn't act. End <laughs> quote. It's just like, you're pretty, but you suck. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's ye old burn. <laughs> <That's
1: about it. laughs> oh my god, it just blew up my head.
0: There you go. There we
1: go. We're good. We're good.
0: <laughs> All right. Another critic noticed Mr. and Mrs. Poe and said, quote "The lady was young and pretty and evinced both talent, both as a singer and actress. The gentleman was literally nothing." <laughs> so it's going great for him. Another wrote, quote, "This man was never destined for the high walks of the drama. A footman is the extent of what he ought to attempt." <laughs> oh no! And apparently there was a lot of puns that they would turn Poe into poo. <laughs> so very creative with the name the hard-tempered and sensitive david may have in fact suffered from stage fright that's what they think now so that doesn't bode well for the acting and he turned to the drinking when edgar was born he realized his family was in financial crisis he was freaking out he sucked he's probably getting like tomatoes in the face so they're usually rotten. So it's just, uh. yeah. <laughs> and rather than ask his famous war hero father for help, he turned to his cousin, George. Riving at night unannounced, he was asked to come back the next day. Instead, he wrote a note, the only surviving letter from Edgar Poe's father, begging for money with all too insistent promise to pay him back. By July 1811, David had abandoned his family, quite literally disappearing off the face of the earth. It may have been due to his drinking, his lackluster performances, his jealousy of his successful wife, his frustration over financial woes, or maybe he was dismissed from the troupe for his bad behavior and horrible acting. Or perhaps, if we believe rumors, he left when his wife was pregnant for the third time, which he was not the father. Dun, dun, dun. Oh. That's a rumor, though. There's no proof on that. It's a, it's a juicy
1: rumor, though. <laughs> <laughs> I just oh. realized. That this yeah. is the first time people are going to be able to see my expressions as they happen, and that never happens.
0: And <laughs> I'm, like, seeing myself, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I make faces. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another reason to join Patreon. Shameless club I am not a poker face person. <laughs> not at I have bug eye all the time. I'm like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Scrunchy eyebrows, just the... <laughs> So, David Poe Jr. may have died on December 11th, 1811, just three days after his wife Eliza's death in Virginia, in the same town where they actually met. Poe may or may not have known the circumstances of both of his parents dying. He was kind of known for making up his own autobiographical details, and he did once acknowledge that his father outlived his mother by a few weeks but nobody knows if that's true because he might have just been exaggerating. So they probably died about the same time, and nobody really knows. It's yay history. <laughs> and David's yeah, burial it. place is also unknown. And there's no image of him that exists. So we don't know a whole lot. That's kind of sucky, actually. I know, it's <laughs> <kinda> sad. <laughs> just imagine
1: it's like, and he just disappeared out and of existence. He gone. His bones might be so, you, you remember William Her- Henry Harrison? Yeah. Well, oh, well, not William Henry Harrison. Sorry. Thomas Paine. He might have ended up like him. His bones just everywhere. Oh. And no one knows where he is.
0: I like <laughs> that theory.
1: Speculate <laughs> wildly. <laughs> you don't Research know. Research nothing.
0: <laughs> but enough of that, guys. So our little man and his older brother, William Henry Leonard Poe. What a Ooh. name. And his little sister, Rosalie McKenzie Poe, are orphans. And they were sent to different families to live. So oh. they all got separated, which really sucks. That sucks so much. <laughs> you know all this sucks so much. Poor <laughs> <Where laughs> little Edgar. Oh.
1: Yeah. I mean, he is kind of like a Raven King. Let's be serious. Yeah. yeah. So he started this world horribly and ended this world even weirder. So it's just yeah. like... It's fitting.
0: (laughs) Edgar went to Richmond, Virginia, home of John and Francis Allen, whose name Poe would later take as his middle name. Mm. So the Allen is because of his foster parents. The Allens were wealthy tobacco exporters, so they were rolling in the dough. And though they never actually adopted Poe, they treated him like a son for the most part. Well, there's at least something. Yeah. <laughs> and they made sure that he was educated in private academies, and they even took him to England for a five-year stay, which that's nice and expensive. <laughs> always take one of those favor. <laughs> yes, please. I <laughs> and am please by me. all accounts, Mrs. Allen showed considerable affection towards him, so as Edgar entered his teenage years, however, there was some bad blood developing between him and his foster daddy Allen. He did not want our man Poe to be a writer. He thought he was ungrateful and decided that he was going to cut Poe out of his wheel. Oh, wheel. oh my god, the hill. <laughs> the will. <laughs> the hillbilly came out of his Wheel. Yeah, so his <laughs> will. So, he, I'm about to make this a downer, but I can hard relate. My dad thought I was ungrateful and cut me out of his will, too. <laughs> so, I feel you, Poe boy. Really, Oh boy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now is he's now he's a delicious sandwich. Yes.
0: And then, about fifteen years old, he felt grief once again when his first love, Jane Stith Craig Stannard, died. Oh, oh! So his first young love—that's really sad. There's <laughs> a lot of death in this. It's not my normal like people are you know cannibals or blown up or like something murdery, but it's just like very steady decline of humans they're all yeah
1: it's still gosh what a life what a a beginning of a life
0: so when in 1826 poe entered the newly opened university of virginia and his rich foster daddy allen sent him to school with a third of the money that he needed because he's super rich but he is a tightwad oh gosh always (laughs) yeah thus begins a vicious cycle of Poverty, which also makes our poor, poor Poe very sad. <laughs>
1: well, it makes poor Poe poor. Yes, yes, very poor. I can't say <laughs> That sucks, and I I don't know what but, else to say because it's so it's, shockingly terrible. Oh yeah, like all, <laughs> all of it. Is, just, hey, it's just okay oh, never mind.
0: It it it's just a terrible roller coaster all the time. It is. It's just like a steady downhill, just one after another. But he excelled in school. He was very intelligent, and he was a prolific poet. But his literary talents were discouraged by his headmaster and his foster dad because he's like, you're not going to be a writer. And he's like, you're not my dad. You can't tell me what to do. (laughs) (laughs) You're not my dad. You're my real dad. And then his foster dad was like, you're going to take on the family business. That's it. So preferring er (laughs) poverty. Wrong word. Preferring poetry over profits. Poe That's a lot of p words. <laughs> Preferring poetry over profits. Poe reportedly wrote poems. <laughs> what? I what best. <laughs> Jesus. Why would you do that to yourself? Kid? I don't know. <laughs> because it's- when I'm reading it in my head, it sounds fantastic. <laughs> That's what happens. It's what so actually fair. comes out of me, uh, the hillbilly. <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs>
1: What actually come out of you? <laughs> yes. Well I'm trying not to cry. <laughs> he, he
0: he would like rebel. So he reportedly wrote poems on the back of his business papers, being like, You're gonna tell me to take business classes? Well, I'm gonna still be a poet. I mean good. Little finger. Fuck <laughs> <Yes. laughs> you. Fuck you. Yeah, that's pretty much. Absolutely. But he had so little money, because remember, he's only given him a third of what he needs to survive. He ended yeah. up turning to gambling in an attempt to make some green. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I bet you can guess how this is going to go. All the way down. <laughs> yes. yes. In just eight months, he lost $2,000 and was so poor that he was burning his own furniture for warmth. No. And, you know, your girl busted out the inflation calculator, and holy shit, that would be $52,571.52 today. My my heart stopped. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hold on.
0: It needs to come back. That is so much money. Yeah, that, that is... Poor guy. Ooh wee Yeah. Foster Daddy Allen was like, fuck that, and refused to help. Poe was like, well, fuck you for not helping, and... He ended up having to drop out of school because he didn't have the money. And that ended up being the final straw between him and his foster dad. They kind of went their separate ways.
1: Fair. I,
0: yeah. I hate to say it, but fair. <laughs> it's like, you kind of you kind of blew it. <laughs> yeah, like, he kind of easily, I mean, it's his, I see it both ways. Like, you need to learn your lesson and you should have been gambling. But, like, he wouldn't have been that poor and... So desperate, he went to gambling. If you would have just gave him the full amount of money to survive, yes, exactly. <sighs>
1: there, there's, I'm also right in the middle. I'm just like, yeah. There's so many things that could have gone right and could have gone better, but you're both so wrong. You're both <laughs> so stubborn. Yes. And, yeah. So I'm a whole lot of
0: keys, <laughs> <laughs> a whole lot of nope going on. Uh, a little bit of happiness. There was a girl. Her name was Sarah Elmira Royster Shelton, and it was his childhood neighbor and friend. And he had actually lost contact with her when he went to college. So after he was pissed off at his dad, he decided to go back home and wife her up. Ooh. Yeah, which was great. Happened. He was all hopeful. There were rainbows and I'm sure butterflies. But then when he showed up, she turned him down. <laughs> oh. And she became engaged to somebody else. Oh, no. That's but... Annoying apparently while he was in college he was sending her like love letters Mm -hmm. but her dad didn't like him because he wanted to be a writer and he hid them so it was like a freaking the notebook situation no (sighs) i've never seen the notebook sorry (laughs) thank you Uh, but that's uh, that's so stupidly awful yeah like she had no idea so of course she thought that he just left her and didn't ever write and so she's like of course i'm gonna marry this other guy that my dad likes and it's just so sad I, my heart <laughs> i know <laughs> so now he's heartbroken he's mad at his parents or his foster parents so he decides to sign up for a five-year term in the u.s army oh which well, i didn't know he was in the army so i didn't know either
1: he just seemed too grungy to. <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> Well, he kind of joined this to think that he would have time to write, which he did. So in 1827, the Tamerlane and other poems were published on his at his own expense. But he was able to do that while he was in the army. So that kind of worked out. Unfortunately, nothing that he wrote at this time attracted any attention. So two years later, he learned that his foster mom, Frances Allen, was dying of tuberculosis. But oh. by the time he returned back to Richmond, she had already passed away. Oh. So this is like the fourth person that has died now. Keep a tally. <laughs> yeah. And she treated him very well. She treated him like a kid, so I'm sure that one really hit pretty hard. That would that would hurt. <laughs> So, while he was in Virginia, Poe and foster daddy briefly made some peace with each other. And Alan actually helped Poe pay his way out of the military, which is apparently a thing that happened back then. you <laughs> just throw money and then they'd let you out. And he set him up with an appointment in the United States Military Academy at West Point. So, there at West Point, he excelled in his studies. But he was kicked out after a year for his poor handling of his duties. Which... <laughs> during this time he was fighting with his foster dad because he had remarried without telling him and he was like how could you do that to you know my mom blah 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 blah. so a lot of people speculate that he intentionally got expelled just to spite him (laughs) fair (laughs) yeah (laughs) it was like he didn't show up to drills and he didn't do stuff like that which you know military big no he can't do that so no so they're on the outs again This time he decided to look for some of his birth father's relatives in Baltimore, where he was promptly robbed by one of his cousins. Uh, Gotta love those cousins, man. (laughs) So he finally found some good luck, and he moved into the home of his Aunt Maria Clem and her daughter Virginia in Baltimore, Maryland. So this is the first decently good thing that's happened. So Yay! yay! (laughs) While Poe is in Baltimore, John Allen died, leaving Poe out of his will like he promised. But he also provided for an illegitimate child that he had never met before. That's like the ultimate just stab in the heart, you know, like, I cut you out of the will, but I'm also just going to throw money at somebody I've never met. I, uh, uh, I, <laughs> <sighs> what I think my brain's funny. I'm an a-hole. I don't like him. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> It's amazing that he never took the Allen out of his name, but probably more for the mother, not him. Yeah,
1: that's fair. Actually,
0: I would assume. I don't actually know. Speculating hey. wildly once again. <laughs> no research. All <laughs> speculation. <laughs> oh man! So by then, Poe was living in poverty and had started publishing his short stories. One of which won a contest sponsored by the Saturday Visitor, and. Through connections he established through the contest, he was allowed to publish more stories and eventually gained an editorial position at the Southern Literary Messenger in Richmond. Things are finally looking up. Yay. Gee. And it was this magazine where Poe finally found his life work as a magazine writer. Oh, really? What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah you I know, know right? I you legit know. had no idea. <laughs> I didn't either. And, you know, it seems like things are looking really good, right? Yeah. Things are going. When you go high... You just got to plummet. Just yeah. you really just- low. And then <laughs> made- this wasn't a great look for him. Within a year, Poe helped make The Messenger the most popular magazine in the South with his... With his sensational stories and his scathing book reviews, <laughs> he developed a reputation as a fearless and cutthroat critic who not only attacked the author's work, but also insulted the author. <laughs> so he's not making a lot of friends. <laughs> and his named him the Tomahawk Man, which I couldn't find anything. It seems really racist to me, but none yeah. of the sources seem to call that out. So I'm going to call it out. It seems racist. It does. It really does. Yes. So I'll be the first. I was kind of like, even like, like Smithsonian didn't. They just glossed over it. Like, and he was called this. I'm like, right, are you not going to say it? <laughs> <laughs> are we not going to address the giant thing in the room right now? Yeah, I almost didn't bring it in or put it in here, but then I was like, no, I want to say no. <laughs> no. <laughs> you, know, you past people. Do better. Absolutely. They're all dead now. can't do better (laughs) (laughs) we can do better we can do better better, yes poe targeted some of the most famous writers in the country one of his victims was the anthologist and editor rufus (laughs) griswold which (laughs) we're gonna come back to this guy so spoiler alert he does not take this very well he did not like criticism (laughs) most people don't Yeah. so his tenure at the magazine proved to be short Poe's aggressive reviewing style and sometimes combative personality strained his relationship with the publication and he left the magazine in 1837 his problems with alcohol also played a role in his departure according to some reports because also spoiler alert we'll get into it later but he couldn't hold his alcohol he'd be like shit face after one glass of wine so not not a good good. time for this dude (laughs) not a good look buddy Now, our dude is 27 and he decides to bring his aunt and cousin. Cousin's not a word, (laughs) Kena, and cousin to Richmond, which sounds cool, right? You know, they took him in. He's like, Here, let me take care of you. Everything sounds great, right? Sure. No, now he decides he's going to marry his cousin. No, no, (laughs) no. (laughs) But wait, there's more. She's half his age. Uh, No. (laughs) Yeah, she's 13. No. No. I, I shall pause for all of the dermatist responses cuz that will... is the accurate response. <laughs> That's disgusting. It's so yeah, weird. it's 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 not great. So this makes his aunt his mother-in-law now? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. No. I do not like this. I do not <laughs> i do not like green eggs and ham sam i am i don't (laughs) like this and of course all the sources are like quote his marriage proved to be a happy one but their money was always tight no she was a child he married a child that was related to him by a little first (laughs) uh, first uh, (laughs) no i No. So yeah, I also just found that weird nobody. Like, this was weird. Are we not going to address any of this? (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, hot take. Don't marry children. Don't marry relatives. Yeah. No. Uh, No. It's... No. I can't. (laughs) can't You know, it was a different time. Well, I'm here to normalize shaming historical figures for child brides. I said what I said. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. So dissatisfied with his low pay and lack of editorial control at The Messenger, Poe moved to New York City and then to Philadelphia a year later, where he wrote for a number of different magazines. In spite of his growing fame, Poe was still barely able to make a living. For the publication of his first book of short stories, The Tales of the Grotesque and the Arabesque, he wasn't paid with money. He was paid with 25 copies of his book. We can do that.
1: <laughs> Thanks for paying me with something that I wrote. Yeah. <laughs> I, just,
0: I just imagine them hand
1: womp womp. As hand it to them. Just, yeah. It's just like, what's this box of? Money? No. No.
0: But by the way, this book is what included the famous Fall of the House of Usher. So that's a really famous story. Mm-hmm. So. He's starting to crank out his really good stuff. He would soon become a champion for the cause of higher wages for writers, as well as for international copyright law. Ooh. I knew I, he was an activist, too. <laughs> I had no idea. All right. So we're going to fast forward five years to January of 1845. The New York Mirror publishes The Raven and now Poe is famous in a household name. Ooh. ah love that love that story he was again living in new york city and was now famous enough to draw large crowds to his lectures he also began demanding better pay for his work so things are still looking up he published two books that year and briefly lived his dream of running his own magazine when he bought out the owners of the broadway journal Ooh, things are looking good again right waiting for the cliff just no that same year poe found himself under attack for his criticisms so he's still just like sick burns all around everybody's pissed he's just a dick (laughs) and he actually just like ripped henry wadsworth longfellow a new one which poe claimed that longfellow a widely popular literary figure was a plagiarist which resulted in a lot of backlash for poe because you can't just call somebody that famous a plagiarist without like proof yeah jesus wow he 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 was a lot of things so we got the backlash the failure of his magazine and then his wife's health was deteriorating and then rumors began spreading about his relationship with a married woman And he was driven from the city in 1846. (laughs) Get on, get. Get
1: (laughs) We were fine with you marrying your child, cousin, but cheating on her, God forbid, you were the worst. With a married woman of all
0: things. Clutch my pearls. So, at this time, he moves to a tiny cottage in the country. It was there in the winter of 1847 that Virginia died of tuberculosis at the same age, coincidentally, his mother did at 24. Oh. So, that's sad. He was distraught. He was devastated. And it left him unable to write for months. Oh, that's surprising for somebody who has so many words in his brain. I know. So many dark and twisty words. Yes. Like, I would wrongly assume that he would just use that grief to write more, but he didn't. He didn't write at all. And his critics assumed that he would be dead soon as well. Oh. To be fair, they were right. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> just like, he doesn't
1: seem right. Maybe he'll die, too
0: yeah like oh he ain't taking that very well
1: i feel like that was one of those wishful thinking moments that you just like verbalized your thought and then it happened you're like shit i didn't mean it
0: yeah (laughs) i mean they all were really mad at him so i'm sure they're probably like well shit i mean i cursed him (laughs) no a pox on me (laughs) So Poe only lived another two years and spent much of that time traveling from one city to the next giving lectures or finding backers for his latest proposed magazine project to be called The Stylist. So he returned to Richmond in the summer of 1849 and reconnected with Elmira Royster Shelton from the beginning. The Notebook Lady, remember? Yes. She is now a widow. Oh, and they allegedly became engaged and intended to marry in Richmond after Poe returned from a trip to Philadelphia and New York. So he was going to do editing for somebody's book and do a few other work related things. And then they were going to go get hitched. Woo. I'll get into why I say allegedly again, engaged <laughs> okay. at the end because there's a this lot of interesting like information. Like, <laughs> this sounds like a spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> so now things are going to get super weird and mysterious. Yay! So Poe had his business in Philadelphia, and he was off. He left Richmond on September 27th by an old-timey steam engine, and the next day stopped in Baltimore.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So everything seems normal. Everything seems right on track. But yeah. no, the next five days he disappeared without a trace, and nobody knows what happened.
1: That's it. Uh, I'm sorry. Just the fact that he just poof. That's so
0: weird. For five days. He does pop up. That's <laughs> but, so weird. And it's a little wild to me because at this point he was super famous and he has a very recognizable face.
1: He is not a normal looking man. Yes. Tim Burton couldn't have drawn him better. yeah
0: like, Exactly. is <laughs> so obvious. And I'm sure everybody that saw him would be like, ooh, nevermore. John Poe." Yeah. <laughs> Will you sign my raven? <laughs> <laughs> How did you acquire a rape? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I just find it interesting that his recognizable creepy face was not recognizable for five days. But then again, in 1849, it's probably very easy to disappear because there's no surveillance. There's no cell phone to track you. There's no like digital records like checking in or ATMs. So maybe it is a lot easier to disappear.
1: Yeah, you could have gone off the grid, like, super quick. All people really had to do was walk into the woods for, like, two days. And then <laughs> just be like, hey, I haven't seen him since he walked that direction. Anybody
0: have any idea what know. happened
1: to that person?
0: Well, it's true. Like, 1849, like, a lot of states didn't exist yet. So, it's... <laughs> All right, so we're going to fast forward to October 3rd. Poe was found by an employee of the Baltimore Sun. He was delirious, immobile, and dressed in shabby clothing, which he was also known to always wear, like, very tailored, very snazzy suits. He was what you think of when you think of Edgar Allan Poe. He was also discovered in a gutter outside of a public house, which is a bar. Yeah. What? Yes. And some sources actually claim that he was found inside the bar, but I chose this version because that's what the Smithsonian says, and it's the Smithsonian. So we're gonna go with the gutter. Yeah, <laughs> it is important to note that at this time the bar was being used as a polling place. Wait, oh, <laughs> <burped>. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, so, so all of these people
1: were like there, mm-hmm. and they just kind of went oh that dude's been just kind of in the gutter
0: for God. a I mean, i'm sure they just ignored him until that writer probably was like wait a minute that's that girl <laughs> holy shit yeah and he ended up like writing a letter to one of his friends or someone, be like i just found out in a girl and poe in a gutter what do i do it was <laughs> super weird <laughs> somebody called ixii which by the way like how great would it be to vote in a bar right because back then they gave you free booze after you voted so that's just
1: oh come on that would be fantastic we're already losing our minds with the last election so yeah. <laughs> i i would have definitely taken a drink
0: oh after voting 100 <laughs> percent. so our man's not doing so hot and he's taken to washington college hospital where he spent the last days of his life far from home and surrounded by strangers Oh, even worse, they assumed he was drunk so they put him in essentially a drunk tank ward of the hospital. Oh, and he was never quite well enough to ever detail what actually happened to him. It's really sad. His last days wavered between fits of delirium. He had visual hallucinations. And the night before his death, according to his physician, Dr. John J. Moran, Poe repeatedly called out for Reynolds, a figure who to this day is a complete mystery. Reynolds. Reynolds.
1: Huh?
0: Oh, I could think of was like Reynolds pamphlet, but I'm like, wrong time, Keena.
1: Really? Cause I was thinking of like Reynolds wrapped like aluminum foil. But- <laughs> <laughs> that is not at all relevant either.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. But nobody knows who that person is. It's, to this day, nobody is able to figure out who he's talking about. I wonder it if is. somebody like drugged him.
1: Speculation, but I really wonder if somebody like drugged him and his name happened to be Reynolds, which he like happened to trust for like five days, it's and possible. then suddenly just like he appeared in the gutter because this guy was just like, "I'm going to dump him here."
0: Yeah, I'm I mean,
1: nobody's cool. gonna care.
0: There are a lot of theories. But Poe died on October 7th, 1849 at the age of 40. Oh. And some claim his last breath, he uttered, quote, Lord, help my poor soul. Oh, that that's sad, actually. <laughs> that is really sad. After hearing of Poe's death, his mother-in-law discovered that his beloved tortoiseshell cat, Katarina, had also oh. just died that's sad, but that's a fantastic name for a cat yeah and it's spelled c-a-t <laughs> <laughs>
1: right.
0: I understood puns i know i had to put that in there but it's still so sad it really is um, and it just keeps getting worse so while he was lying in state several of his admirers waited in line for souvenirs of the poet his attending physician the moran guy I just talked about said quote the body was visited by some of the first individuals of this city, many of them anxious to have a lock of his hair. Poe's friend Joseph Snodgrass saved a clipping, which is now in the Poe Museum. Uh, that's- that was like a real thing in the 19th century. People were like, yeah, I, well, what's know. Hair?
1: I know there are some people who still have like their great, great, great grandparents' hair because they took a lock off and stuff like that. But it still creeps me out because yeah. i like, don't. Don't cut things off of me when I'm dead. It's weird. So then
0: it gets worse. Post cousins hey. hastily buried him, which I don't know. Is it the cousin that robbed him? <laughs> like but, so, an observer called the ceremony as being both cold-blooded and unchristian-like. One of the attendants henry herring was later quoted as saying about poe quote i didn't have anything to do with him when he was alive and i don't want to have anything to do with him at his death i'm like why are you fucking there dude (laughs) why go it's like an airplane we don't need you to announce your departure like it's just (laughs) don't go go. it's like
1: it's like the people who like get angry on like Facebook groups and they're just like, I'm leaving.
0: This is the yeah. last straw, blah, blah, blah. It's like, leave. Yeah, no you don't one, have no to one tell us. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so it gets worse. Poe is buried in an unmarked grave. Oh, great. <laughs> in Baltimore. 11 years later, a cousin... Not one of the shitty cousins, but a different cousin paid for a monument. But the stone was destroyed by a freak accident when a train crashed into a stone carver's shop. Like, how does that even happen? I don't understand. He
1: cursed. <laughs> I, I, le- I legitimately,
0: like, I'm, I'm holding my face because I don't know how to process it. Yeah. And then um. 26 later... After his death, teachers and students raised money for a proper monument. Great. Except <laughs> they got the inscriptions wrong and they put it to the wrong birthday. <laughs> oh, no. And they made the monument too large so it didn't fit on the original burial site. Oh, no. So then they decided that a good place to put it would be by the cemetery gate because there was a lot of room. And it would mm-hmm. also be the front. Everybody's going to go visit it and stuff. Oh, this is really bad. (laughs) I'm just like, I'm not done yet. It's getting worse. Okay, so while (laughs) they were moving his body to the new location, Mm -hmm. the coffin broke, and he went flying. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's like
1: my nightmare. I know, right? And then every every funeral I've ever been to, I'm like... (laughs) Please don't jostle it too much. I swear to God, if it breaks open, I'm going to freak.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And when people took pieces of the coffin as a collector's item, and supposedly one of his female admirers fashioned a wooden cross from the pieces of his coffin. Who hurt you, lady? Why are you like that? (laughs) (laughs)
1: haven't you heard he's cursed like maybe you don't want a cursed cross with you that's how demons
0: happen (laughs) i don't want to deal with that shit oh it's so bad so bad okay so his wife when she had died they had buried her in the landlord's family crypt in the bronx so Mm -hmm. after they reburied him his admirers decided they were going to move her body and put it next to him in baltimore the problem was is that the developers had already built over the cemetery and moved the bodies, um, so they couldn't find her. But fortunately, one of Poe's eccentric biographers, William Gill, rescued her bones. Unfortunately, he took them home with him and kept them under his bed for years Ew. <laughs> before he sent them to Baltimore for reburial.
1: I can't imagine having to explain that to people. It's like, oh yeah, don't mind the rattling next to my bed. It's just some bones I've had there for a while. It's, it's fine. It's Have fine. Have you ever heard of Edgar Allan Poe? That's his wife. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That's, you want to that's, see that's, it? You, you want to look? You want to see? <laughs> you want to take a peek?
0: I thought like, because like the Mona Lisa got stolen one time and a guy rolled her up and put it under his mattress and I thought that was creepy until I read this. I'm like, nope, this guy's way worse. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. It, I, again, Thomas
1: Payne, like who steals <laughs> your bones and just kind of holds on to them. She's lucky that she kept all of them. Yeah. The only ones that I know that people have claimed to have is like a piece of his skull, his pinky, and like a bit of his like leg bone. Like f- nobody knows where the other 200 odd bones have gone
0: yeah Yeah. all right back to death all right so although his death certificate listed the cause of death to be phrenitis or swelling of the brain there is a lot of mysterious circumstances surrounding his death that lead a lot of people to speculate wildly about the true cause of his demise and i should also add that they didn't do an autopsy so it's they're just guessing, so that doesn't help anybody either. All the speculation, none of the research. I swear to God that's the mantra for this episode. So quote, maybe it's fitting that since he invented the detective story, he left us with a real life mystery. And that's from the curator of the Poe Museum, Chris Simter Simptner. Simtner. <laughs> well said Simtner. yeah so i thought that was really well okay so now we're gonna run down the theories theory number one ruffians sure why not biographer <laughs> e oak smith in her article autobiographic why can't i say that word autobiographic notes edgar Allan poe Wrote, quote, at the instigation of a woman who considered herself injured by him, he was cruelly beaten blow upon blow by a ruffian who knew no better mode of avenging supposed injuries. It is well known that a brain fever will follow. And I don't buy this because we'll get into it in just a little bit. But there's... Somebody who completely just slandered his name. So there were these, like, ideas going around that he was this drunken womanizer. And none of that stuff was true. Like, I made it up. So I think that this came from that. That's what I would, you know, assume. There were other accounts that said ruffians had beaten Post Senseless before his death. Eugene Didier, Mm -hmm. which, when I read this, I thought I said Didler. And I was like, oh, unfortunate name. That's not (laughs) it. Eugene I, didier. it's still unfortunate let's be serious <laughs> uh, so eugene didier wrote in his 1872 article the grave of poe that while he was in baltimore poe ran into some of his friends from west point and so they were like hey let's go get a drink and he was unable to handle his liquor became madly drunk after a single glass of champagne and his friends left him, and then at that point in his drunken state, he was, quote, robbed and beaten by ruffians and left insensible in the streets all night.
1: Hmm. Okay, that's since he was known to have not been able to
0: handle his liquor, I little bit, little, yeah, that was more logical. That one seems more doable. I, I think the first one was more of the slander, but I mean, it would make sense that he got beaten up. Theory number two, Poe fell victim to a practice known as cooping, and this is a method of voter fraud practiced by gangs in the 19th century where an unsuspecting victim, so in this case would be Poe, was kidnapped, disguised, and forced to vote for a specific candidate multiple times under different disguised identities. So that would explain why he was in weird clothes, because that was one of the mysteries. If they were dressing up as somebody else. So voter fraud was extremely common in Baltimore around the mid 1800s. And the polling site where Poe was found was known to be a place where Coopers brought their victims. And the fact that Poe was found delirious on election day might not be a coincidence. Over the years, Cooping Theory has become one of the more widely accepted explanations for his strange demeanor before his death. So before Prohibition, voters were given alcohol after voting as a reward (laughs) So if he had been forced to vote multiple times and forced to drink every time, he would have been literally hammered. He would have been gone. And again, with
1: that not being able to handle this liquor thing, he could have had severe alcohol poisoning.
0: Yes, he could have been just completely gone. Gone. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. It would explain why he was in a gutter. It would explain why he's wearing weird clothes. Wouldn't know where he was at it would also explain why he's saying a different name true
1: yeah because if he was like oh i'm voting as this person he would just be saying whatever name that he was supposed to be saying it just usually people have a tendency to repeat themselves near end of life and i hate to say it like that but they Mm. do and they try to get important things out but they just no logic. So it's it's interesting to think about that one. That's that's an interesting theory. Yeah,
0: I think that one's pretty interesting. The third theory is just booze. It was well documented that our man just couldn't hold his liquor, and the records show that even one glass of wine would have him staggering drunk. And his sister had the same problem, so it seems to be like it was hereditary. Ooh, so that's pretty interesting. Biograph, biographer.
1: <laughs> yeah, I am smart. Jesus those are those are words. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Biographer Archer Tally Weiss or Weiss wrote that Poe's doctor had warned him that another bender would probably kill him a few months before his death, because he was an alcoholic. So that actually inspired him to join the temperance movement. And some believe that he just epically fell off the wagon, and phrenitis was just a polite way to say death by alcohol. Uh, so, oh, oh. That makes yeah, sense so too. I mean, that's also a possibility. But again, the the person that slanders him really pushed the alcohol thing. And there's a lot of people that swear that he was not drunk. So we'll get into that in a little bit. thirty four is carbon monoxide poisoning. A researcher, Albert Donny, argued that Poe's death was a result of carbon monoxide poisoning from coal gas that was used in indoor lighting during the nineteenth century. How unfortunate that your lighting was killing you slowly. And he took clippings of Poe's hair because remember everybody was collecting his hair and he tested them for heavy metals and it ended up being inconclusive so it really didn't prove anything. But it doesn't mean it didn't. It
1: just yeah. Didn't
0: prove either way. To be fair
1: coal and a, l- a lot of things that are and were burned in those times off gassed a lot of things that were extremely toxic and going back to the profession that I decided to be a part of it legitimately, we have a lot more knowledge understanding like what is in soot and understanding what the stuff is on your skin and why firefighters have a tendency to get more skin cancer and why we have more lung cancer or we have higher risk of heart attack is actually the number one death rate for firefighters because of the stress level and not taking care of yourself. So it would make sense in like those times that it would be inconclusive because if it was off-gassing all the time around him, it would constantly be in his hair. Yeah. It would constantly be on his clothes, it'd constantly be on everything. Because people, especially then, did not think about all of the things that were being put into the system and killing you. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very possible that they're like, Oh, it's carbon monoxide poisoning. I'm like, Yeah, but. It could have been anything. It literally yeah. could have been anything. Personally, I think alcohol sounds more like it if he couldn't handle it right off the gat uh, like right off the bat and gat. I'm rubbing off on you.
0: English isn't my first language. We're fine. Oh, I wish I had that excuse. <laughs> but his hair did show mercury. He and it's a- awful. Yeah. He was apparently exposed to cholera and he was given mercury chloride like you do. There well, you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, mercury can cause hallucinations. His levels were 30 times below what's consistent with mercury poisoning. So it's not really likely.
1: Yeah. Theory five, rabies. <laughs> Come on. This is awesome. <laughs> this is just
0: interesting. So there was like a medical conference and they are taking famous medical cases cutting the names off and then getting to these doctors be like here's the symptoms tell us what you think it is and just going by the symptoms of everything that he showed they were like oh this dude obviously has rabies and there's a few kinks in that theory including there's no hydrophobia which if you have rabies you end up developing a fear of water and it was reported that Poe was drinking water until his death and there was no evidence of an animal bite either a lot of people just think that this is kind of believable because they had no idea it was Edgar Allan Poe and they did it just based on the symptoms but oh okay I mean fair you're going off what you have yeah so I know the curator of the museum was like yeah because if they would have known it was Poe they would have said alcohol because that's what people think of when they think of him. but it's not on my top three of what I think of. <laughs> no. I-, I feel like there are
1: specific symptoms of rabies, especially like late-term rabies that you'd be developing,
0: including foaming of the mouth. Mm-hmm. So theory six, I actually am on board for. So remember how he fell out of the coffin when they were being moved? <laughs> hmm Okay. Well, what little remained of Poe's body fell to the ground. And one worker did remark on a strange feature on Poe's skull. He saw a mass rolling around inside. So they all assumed that was his brain. And they thought, well, maybe his brain had just shriveled up and it was just bouncing around. But that's not how brains work. They're the first thing to deteriorate when you die. So we know today that the mass could have been actually a tumor. Because those will calcify and they'll stay. Even yeah. after the body decomposes, an author, Matthew Pearl, was kind of intrigued by this clump and he contacted a forensic pathologist who told him that the clump couldn't be the brain, like I said, but it could be a tumor that had calcified into a hard mass. So, according to the Poe Museum, Pearl isn't the only person to believe Poe suffered from a brain tumor. A New York physician once told Poe that he had a lesion on his brain and that's why he couldn't drink alcohol. So that uh, would make a lot of sense to me cause yes, the combination of both, too,
1: mm-hmm. that's very possible. Yeah, like and he could that, have
0: just wandered off for five days and not really know where he was at, and that and could explain been, yeah. And he could have all these things are not inconclusive, like many of them could have happened. Like maybe he could have wandered off, got in trouble, got beat up, ended up in the ditch, like all, they could <laughs> all work all together, too. So, yeah. <laughs> Or, you know, somebody gave him a drink, and he got beat up, and then he had a brain tumor, which made him get too drunk, and then that happened. So, all these can all happen together, too. Theory 7 is just a basic flu that turned into pneumonia, which, eh, I don't know. I mean, the only thing there's evidence for this one is that before he left to go to Philadelphia, he was kind of sick and went to a doctor, and... So the author of this book says, quote, his last night in town, he was very sick and his soon to be wife noted that he had a weak pulse, a fever, and she didn't think he should journey to Philadelphia. He visited a doctor and the doctor also told him not to travel, that he was too sick. According to newspaper reports from the time it was raining in Baltimore when Poe was there and they think that could be why he was wearing clothes that weren't his own. like He got wet and he was cold and he got the flu and he started freaking out and he just took anybody's clothes so, a high fever could cause hallucinations and confusion. So, yeah, again, <laughs> it's very, it seems
1: in a weird way, it seems almost too simplistic for all of the things that were going on. Because, again, I know, I know it could have been everything, it could have been mm-hmm. every single thing on the list. He could have even been bit by a random animal, yeah. And- In while he was laying in the gutter and nobody gave a shit, like he was so mysterious, it could (laughs) have been anything, but like my logic is like, hey, so it's possible he had that brain tumor, Mm -hmm. he drank for sure. He could have had a fever due to his reaction to the alcohol because tannins and alcohol have a tendency, especially if he's like drinking red wine, they make me burn up, they Mm -hmm. make me like go really, really warm. Add that to. A tumor and the lack of alcohol thing—you'd be hallucinating yeah. from a tumor. Like it's—it's possible. Like a perfect storm. It, I just—I really wanted. This is one of those things that it's like if you could figure out anybody, yeah. what would it be?
0: His, his. Like I know, and I'm not even done yet. Theory eight murder. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so in the 2000 book *Midnight Dreary, the mysterious death of Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, author john evangelist walsh presented the idea that he was murdered by the brothers of his fiance elmira oh so oh. interesting so he uses evidence evidence and quotes of newspapers letters memoirs and argues that poe actually made it to philadelphia where he was ambushed by the brothers there was three of them and they warned him against marrying their sister so then he's scared Changes clothes to disguise himself and hides in Philadelphia for the five days before heading back to Richmond to marry Sheldon. So the brothers intercepted Poe, which also like how did they know? Like there's not like they could have. Well, I mean, I guess they were just spying on him.
1: You'd have to have been following him from the get go. Yeah, if you knew where he was going to be,
0: seems and like what a lot. It, it's so much work. I even if it's a crime of passion, like you're like, let's go beat up a scare him. Like at some point you get the adrenaline wears off, and you're just like, all right, I'm over it. But yeah. the this they intercepted him in Baltimore, beat him, and forced him to drink whiskey, which they knew would send him into a deathly sickness. <laughs> oh, so this is one of the least believable theories. I'm sure yeah. you're shocked. And <laughs>
1: You can see my face right now, <laughs> Patreon viewers. I am very scrunched in the no.
0: So, <laughs> oh, a lot of like reviews say, like, this is somewhat plausible, but it's not persuasive. And then one of the reviewers said, but its value to literary scholars is limited and oblique. So, that's like also a fancy, smart person burn. So, <laughs> that was would- <laughs> really a hold up either and there's some other ones like he had syphilis or he had epilepsy there are so many theories but nobody knows yeah that's just bonkers to me that there's no evidence and i mean they if maybe if they'd done an autopsy or you know hadn't shoved them in the ground as fast as they could yeah. or I like a detective do some detective work
1: yes i think it's ridiculous that they would it- at a time when they had the technology for autopsies, or at least were able to do so, why would you not do it on the most famous author what? of the times? It'd be really ridiculous to just be like, nah, just bury the fucker. Nobody
0: gives a shit. And it's like, but we do. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot. So real quick. Right after Poe's death, his literary rival, Rufus, remember that guy? He wrote a really libelous obituary of the author in a misguided attempt for revenge because he was still pissed that he was mean to him. (laughs) Of course he was. What author wouldn't be? (laughs) So he followed the horrifying obituary with a memoir in which he portrayed Poe as a drunken, womanizing madman with no morals and no friends. His go. attacks were meant to cause the public to dismiss Poe and his works, but the biography had the exact opposite. And his It ended up like driving the sale of all Poe's works, so he ended up being more popular after his death than he was in his lifetime. Mm-hmm response to reports that Poe died as a result of drinking binge, Poe's attending physician, we talked about John Moran, wrote articles and even a book, Edgar Allan Poe: A Defense, both to refute these rumors and provide his own firsthand account of his final days. But at this, everybody believes the alcohol thing now. So even like the doctor was like, "This guy's lying," but everybody's like, "No, it's true." And so Rufus's distorted image of Poe created this legend that lives on today. And in a great turn of karma events, Rufus is now just remembered as Poe's first biographer. <laughs> Which is amazing because he hated him so much. <laughs> That's so bad. Oh, I love That's it. It's so funny and so bad. It's just it like, is. well. <laughs> and then after he died. Tons of people were kind of clamoring for a role in the drama and the mystery of everything. So previously, silent neighbors all made allegations about his habits and his drinking. Complete strangers hypothesized over the circumstances of his death. And then more intriguingly, a lot of women started popping out of nowhere to give their stories and their versions of their lives together. So <laughs> the first woman we're going to talk about is Sarah Elmire Royster Shelton, the one rumored to be his fiance at the time.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: but this is where i was like allegedly so edgar did reconnect and he had the opportunity to ask her to marry him and she reportedly declined and he continued to pursue her and even wrote letters to his aunt telling her that he thinks he'll get married but she still hasn't said yes so at that point they weren't really engaged and then he died so okay That makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. And in the letters, it just kind of seems like he's not sure it's really going to happen. But he was like hopeful. And so that started the rumors that they were truly not engaged. If you have like nothing else in your life, hope is all you have. Yeah. (laughs) Which he could have possibly just been like, of course, we're going to engage. She just needs to think about it.
1: (laughs) Just a little bit longer. It's fine.
0: (laughs) After he died, she mourned his death as a member of the family. And she took a very active role as a fiance after he died. So, I mean, that could have been like they weren't. But then she was so bereaved that she was like, of course, I was going to marry him. I just didn't have a chance to tell him, you know. So it could have (laughs) been that. So she actually wrote the doctor who attended Poe in the week that we talked about. And she wanted to know all the details. That's how we know most of the stuff that he said. One newspaper cited her as perhaps the only person who could speak authoritatively upon the history of the last few months of Poe's life spent in the city of Richmond. And she presented herself as a devoted fiancé to the end. So either way. hey, At least it's something. And then before Elmira, Poe had a fiancé named Sarah Helen Whitman. They had met in 1848, almost a year before he reconnected with Elmira. Helen was also a poet, and the two traded passionate poems and letters. Mm. So he pursued her relentlessly, but Helen worried that she was too old for him. because She was 10 years his senior. In one letter, she wrote, quote, I can only say to you that had I, youth and health and beauty, I would live for you and die with you. Now, where I only allowed myself to love you, I could only enjoy a brief hour of rapture and die. Seems really dramatic to be like, I'm 10 years older than you. I'm going to die. It's not fair. (laughs) I'm (laughs) going to die before you. I'm so old. I know. (laughs) It really sucks. So (laughs) they courted for a couple months before Pope proposed to her. But she refused at first. And he convinced her to accept his proposal, which she did. But then shortly after, she ended the relationship. And Uh they also cited that he kept drinking, even though he said he was going to stop. So... That's another thing. And they did not speak again after they ended their engagement and he died two years later. But after Poe's death, she challenged everybody that slandered his character and criticized his writing. After reading that particularly defamatory biography of Poe, Helen decided to take matters into her own hands. And she wrote a much more complimentary biography of Poe, praising his life and literary achievements. So she was like, that was her whole purpose in life was to save his image. That's so really nice i know
1: at least he had some hope after his death that somebody was like no 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 this fucker just hated him mm-hmm. uh, let
0: me do this let me yeah. do it right. like i know him i know a writer and she was a brilliant poet too so she really kind of spent her whole life making sure that she made it right so poe's real life informed his character's lives Almost all his work reflects the dark aspects of human nature because his life was dark. Yes. <laughs> his characters often spiral into madness triggered by love, which he could hard relate. His work reflects his an obsession with death because of his own losses. He just every year somebody was dying. Oh, he wrote one of his most horrifying tales. Uh, berenice after virginia's death in contrast his story the murders in the rue morgue define what a good psychological thriller detective story should be everything we love about movies and books is because of him his prose literally turned the short story genre into an art form and he of course is considered the father of modern horror fiction i love it so now his baltimore home where he lived with his aunt and his wife virginia is now a museum and he can go do two words. Ooh. And then the last fun fact I found. In the eighteen sixties, a medium, Lizzie Dotton, published some poetry she claimed to have been dictated to her by Poe's ghost.
1: <laughs>
0: oh. oh man. His, uh, so how much his, did she charge for that? <laughs> right. So his ex-fiance Helen Whitman that we just talked about hired a medium to move in with her because she thought post spirit was trying to communicate with her too so this is one of those like sarah winchester like take advantage of a really sad lady
1: yeah i here's the thing okay so fun fact everybody on patreon and everywhere in the world i am very sensitive to things like that i've heard people and most people just want to be left alone i'm not gonna lie A lot of the time, it's like, hey, someone's trying to contact you. It's like, why? (laughs) (laughs) I I actually had one that's like, nope, not going to talk. It's like, okay, I don't want to say anything. I'm not going to push and that's it. But somebody who's like they were they were contacting me to come to you and it's like you are obviously taking advantage of this person you yeah. haven't no idea how exhausting it is to have to constantly have somebody be like hey can you can you can you help me it literally like it feels like somebody's tapping at your temple every single day and you're like no i really i really don't want to i'm sorry <laughs> so <laughs> i i hate purported mediums who are like hey so i'm going out of my way to give you a service but hey money and i'm like no it should just be a it's a gift it's it should be treated as a gift as hey i can give you some peace if you want it but if you don't want it that's fine Mm -hmm. you shouldn't be going searching for it and that's how you end up with things like the winchester mansion which is cool but it's rude it's terrible That's my spiel on it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> no, I agree with you completely. So man, that was tragic. Hey, you got funny. Let's be funny now.
1: <laughs> I do. I do have funny. Oh my gosh. Uh, so much
0: sadness.
1: <laughs> I, and depression. Jesus. I know it's Jesus. like even when he's
0: dead, like they just fuck up his grave. People are trying to like write poetry and pretend it's from him. Like just it's a rest. It's terrible.
1: All right. So I got funny. So I decided to go with funny book titles and some of their synopses. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I was just like, what what funny book thing? And then a whole list just came up and you have the uh, show you have the in the show notes and it's just ridiculous. So I I chose a small handful because I couldn't help it. Anyway, so the first book is called The Missionary Position. mother Teresa in theory and practice no no (laughs) No way (laughs) i'm serious it's an actual book and you can find it on amazon uh so let me preface this while i was looking for the synopsis for this book in the books you may like section it was all essentially porn books (laughs)
0: understandably
1: <laughs> and i'm like there is a lot of half-naked men on those covers <laughs> that and the front of the cover is just mother teresa like <laughs> just <her friends. laughs> I'm like, oh no oh no 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 oh, okay no. So, uh, the synopsis is uh with characteristic can't pronounce that word and rhetorical dexterity <laughs> Hitchens. Eviscerates the fawning cult of Teresa, recasting the Albanian missionary as a spurious, despotic, and megalomaniacal operative of the wealthy who long opposed measures to end poverty and fraternized (laughs) for financial gain with tyrants and white-collar criminals throughout the world. Which has zero to do with anything that was suggested afterwards. So thank you, Amazon.
0: <laughs> wow. So do you, that sounds like he's got some super hot takes on not liking Mother Teresa. Do <laughs> so you think he made that title on purpose? Just so forever know. her face would be next to porn? <laughs> I,
1: I have a feeling. <laughs> I have no idea. But the worst part is this was a singular run-on sentence. It was a lot It was just <laughs> comics, comma, 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 comma And I'm like, oh my god, make the sentence end Wow, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, am, I am floored <laughs> I, I, I was That was the first book, too I was just like, and <laughs> I was literally like, and we're off to a running start oh, <laughs> This god. is great So the oh. next book is The Best Dad is a Good Lover
0: Oh, oh no <laughs> Oh, I just choked on my spit. That got me. Okay, I'm sorry about that. My laugh is really high-pitched.
1: <laughs> so the best dad is a good lover. Uh, so this one, interestingly enough, comes in a pocket-sized softcover book. So I initially was like, okay, so what is this about? What could this possibly be about? I couldn't find a general official synopsis on this. It just it wouldn't tell me anything. So. The general thing I found is that this isn't supposed to be a fictional book. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's about a guy who maintains happiness in his home, but it's just like so terribly titled. Oh. And it, it, it's not like that. It's not like happiness in his home. It's, it's like how he is a like, he's like a holy man who tries to keep balance in his actual household oh, by being a good lover to his wife. Oh damn. And I'm like, but you made this pocket size? You <laughs> don't
0: understand. You know how many people have to like how many hands these things go through before it publishes, and not one person was like, hmm.
1: I <laughs> maybe we should okay. reconsider that. Yeah, so shameless plug. I read a book called The Eye of Argon. The episode is called Confused Angabanga. <laughs> and <laughs> rightfully so tyler refused to talk to me about the book after <laughs> i reported it because of how bad that was it it was it was so tremendously bad that we were like what is this the the words saggy nipples came out <laughs> <laughs> like can nipples be saggy <laughs> like, and it gets better it was on staff when i read that book Oh, so I was at the station in a room with my chief and I'm sitting there and I'm reading this book and I read the word saggy nipples and I start to laugh super hard. And that poor man was sleeping in a chair <laughs> across the room and I'm like, I have to stay quiet. I have to stay quiet. And I'm like crying. <laughs> <It's> so <bad. laughs> So I question who let that book get
0: published oh. and
1: nobody knows. <laughs> Just
0: It's out there. I mean, as somebody who I'm trying to write a book, (laughs) yeah, it's going great. But even when I did a book proposal, I had to do a proposed title. So even before they even took my book on, they asked me the title. So it goes through so many people. This is blowing my mind that not the person was like, hey, can you come up with something new? (laughs) It's weird.
1: To be fair, there is a book out there called uh, Falling in Love with Coronavirus. Oh, and I was asked to read it. So that might be coming up at some point. And um, <laughs> I haven't bought it yet because I couldn't logically purchase a book titled that. And they personified coronavirus as a man. So weird. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll figure it out. <laughs> no, no, no words. No, none. Anyway, so the next title is uh, Alone in the Woods with Scoutmaster Mike.
0: Oh yeah oh,
1: <laughs> yeah so um while searching for the synopsis for this one uh i found it on a list from pinterest titled 14 inappropriate classic children's books to <laughs> snuggle up with
0: <laughs> oh now that's a good title i didn't even like
1: go into <laughs> the thing i was just like wow they- it's on that list <laughs> unfortunately uh I can't find a synopsis for this one either. They just won't let me find it. I'm like, I would have to find and read the book in order to tell you what it's about. It's so I feel
0: like it is exactly what we think it is. (laughs) That's my guess. I don't know if the book
1: was by Chuck Tangles. No, I don't think it was. I can't remember.
0: (laughs) Chuck (laughs) Tangles.
1: However, the next one is also synopsisless. It's called "The Magical World of Rectal Probes" by Doctor Dick Lickens. Wait. <laughs> wait, wait, wait,
0: wait, wait! I want to Google that name, but I don't want to have that in my Google search.
1: It's it's Dick, but Lickens with two Ks: L i k k e n s. Okay, okay, I'm doing it. Yeah,
0: sorry, FBI uh, agent, that's watching me.
1: <laughs> so uh, there are also children on the cover of this book, quizzically looking at a doctor man who is looking at a very interestingly shaped uh thing.
0: Oh no! <laughs> yeah, it's it's like a oh no! Too much porn came up. <laughs> too much porn.
1: <laughs> 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 no, okay, okay, back. I'm dying. i back. <laughs> that didn't work out. Okay. <laughs> I'm crying. Oh, God. That was oh, so much fun. <laughs> yeah, this is a children's book. <laughs> apparently but according to the internet it like i said it doesn't have a very good chance of having a synopsis due to the fact that it is both invasive and possibly satire <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay I- <Yeah. laughs> hopefully it's satire, <laughs> hopefully it's satire. <laughs> fingers crossed yeah
1: the next one is the beginner's guide to sex in the afterlife <laughs> an exploration of the extraordinary potential of sexual energy
0: is it like those women that keep having sex with pirate ghosts? <laughs> <laughs> no, hold on. It gets. I actually found a
1: synopsis for this. Okay, one. okay. So it says the beginner's guide to sex in the afterlife is the follow-up to David Stalm's quirky and popular beginner's guide to for the recently deceased. <laughs> uh, it assumes, as did his first book, that the reader is dead and takes the reader on a tour of the subject. With humor and intelligence, this guidebook explores the origin, purpose, and potential uh, potential of sexual energy. It explains how sexual energy moves through our solar system and through us. (laughs) Readers will also learn how to work with sexual energy for a richer and more fulfilled life, balance their masculine and feminine energies, and improve the quality of their love. Oh
0: my god. Yeah, Like sounds space like- boners. <laughs> <laughs> all like big metaphysical What's boners.
1: <laughs> What's that in the sky? It's a giant boner. <laughs> oh, God. Man, um, these things
0: exist.
1: <laughs> I know. I know. It, okay. <laughs> uh, don't cry. I just... <laughs> Some of the names that I got off of this list were ridiculously bad. And I just uh, the last one <laughs> was the first one that Tyler read in that photo that I sent t- to everybody in the Twitter group. And it is called The Big Book of Lesbian Horse Stories <laughs> by Alyssa Circus. Oh, And the tagline says, "With these Sapphic sisters saddle, when these Sapphic sisters saddle up, ecstasy is only a hoofbeat away." Oh dear! (laughs) It is under the title,
0: (laughs) so it's just like horse horse girls that are lesbians.
1: Yeah, uh, no, it's it's women who ride horses who happen to be lesbians. Okay, and I'm like, I mean, I mean, there's
0: got to be a book for everyone, I'm sure.
1: So, uh, the synopsis is... Oh, my uh, makeup's running. (laughs) I just got eyeliner coming off. I have achieved (laughs) what i came here to do. So, the synopsis is... You've read about them, these sisters under the skin. Vulnerable to temptations of Sappho. Passion-starved twilight girls crossing over into a man's word of high withers. Rippling hindquarters and glossy coats. Oh no. Meet women like Pauline in Miss Bernard's unit, the country girl bereft of feminine influence who comes of age in World War One and comes undone in the arms of a worldly debutante. Terry in Snake Eyes for Silky. Why is that a name? <laughs>
0: Sorry.
1: Why is all this a thing?
0: <laughs> lacking what, what was that like lacking feminine whatever?
1: feminine influence okay so then there's perry in snake eyes for silky a jockey from the school of hard knocks who falls hard for a whip wielding gangster's mall and finds that she must choose between her heart and her horse (laughs) 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 it's so wrong on so many levels better And it says innocence like Lena and Lily in The Chosen Horse, who bond over the sad fate of a cart horse and their unspoken need to tread the waters of lesbos. Oh, like the place. That's clever. (laughs) (laughs) And a world-class jumper like Julie in Lady Snow, a champion tempted by irresistible rhythms of the bisexual Eurobeat, a young girl like (laughs) Oriola? Like, like, like... <laughs> Hey guys, I killed Kino, I'm <laughs> sorry.
0: It's like this person was like, what's the closest thing to boob terms that are not boob terms? <laughs> Let's make that <laughs> like, so, uh, so they just changed the
1: A in Areola to an O. <laughs> that's her name. Oh my
0: God. I have no idea who's a horse and who's a lesbian at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Okay,
1: so great. Uh, (laughs) So the name of this story is called Pastures of of Passion, who follows a lost foal to a curious farm girl and her own destiny. And those are the titles and synopsis that I have for you. And I had to stop after a while because Tyler's... uh, Laptop got infested by really weird things, and he's just like, <laughs> <laughs> "Oh man!" And you can have the picture of him literally yelling at me. What is my search history? <laughs> what is happening?
0: I'm still confused by the last one, but wow, <laughs> there was a lot going on. <laughs> I'm sorry,
1: man. I'm so sorry. <sighs> oh man and wow wow they they just they kept getting worse after that and i'm like no i need to stop like (laughs) i I can only handle so much before you start laughing so hard that i'm like my head was starting to hurt and i'm like oh my god this is gold
0: (laughs) (laughs) and Oh, well, thank you so much for joining me. Tell everybody how they can find your podcast.
1: Yeah. So you can follow us on Twitter at Turn and Mash Pod. That's my, mostly me. You can follow us on Instagram at Page and Buttons Podcast. You can send us an email with your own stories. And that can be book stories, like how you reacted to something if found it funny. You can do like something that happened while you were playing a video game. Um, Something... Make up a story. I don't care. Like, just send it to us. We'd love to do a listener just story. Just email me. Email me. I'd love to do, like, a listener story thing someday. Uh, then we have our Facebook group, uh, Page Turners and Button Mashers Podcast. Uh, it's kind of a closed group just because we just want you to agree to the guidelines. Just so don't don't be a dick, basically. Um, kind of obvious with most places. <laughs> And then I think that's it. We have we do have a Patreon ourselves as well. I go off on a rant after reading the Percy Jackson series and then lis- watching the movie. It was a blind rant, and I, I, in, in the sense, I I didn't have any notes because <laughs> I just dissected it and I went crazy. And Kyler was just like, "Oh yeah, they forgot this." I'm like, "They fucking forgot this person." <laughs> they didn't exist. And I, yeah, so that's on there. So that's patreon.com forward slash page and buttons podcast. Uh, if you don't want to do that, you could support us on buy me a coffee, which is buymeacoffee.com forward slash page N, the letter N buttons. And then we have merch on TeePublic. So uh, we're kind of having a mini battle with uh, whose team page turners and whom's team button mashers and <laughs> it's uh, i'm losing so <laughs> oh no i'm losing by one and i'm like Ugh. oh come on book nerds we can do this <laughs> come on uh, yeah so it's public and then usually page turners and button mashers all one word you can find our store if not i'll give kina the link tree and you can find everything there
0: yeah i'll put it in the show notes and the website yeah well i'm so excited this has been so much fun absolutely so glad that you've joined and i'm sorry mine was so long but (laughs) i had fun (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh you made me cry (laughs) my job uh, is complete yeah (laughs) yes we are all team page turners and this this nerdy neck of the woods so we (laughs) got you But yeah, I'm going to let you eat because your stomach is rebelling. (laughs) It's angry at me. I
1: don't know what's going on.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you again. And uh, we'll have you back sometime. Absolutely. Anytime. I want to thank Nikki again for joining me for this episode. I had so much fun. And I'm not going to lie. As soon as we got done recording, I went into the living room and Zeke was watching TV. And he's like, what happened to you? You look like a raccoon. Uh, I had laughed so hard that my mascara had run and I looked like a trash panda. So that's fun. It was really attractive. And if you'd like to watch these episodes live and comment along with us and see all the bloopers and all the deleted scenes cuz this episode was almost 4 hours, guys. <laughs> it's amazing. So if you want to watch all that on videos, that is historical af pod at Nope, that's not it. It's patreon.com slash historical AF pod. And speaking of Patreon, I have some shout outs today. I'm super, super excited. So first of all, we have a new member of the fam and it is Spooky Charlotte, which you might remember from some extra AF stories that were sent in spooky charlotte is an amazing account if you guys aren't following them on instagram please do so it is at spookyclt, and they got some of the coolest merch ever i know i've shared it a lot but it's like a really cool uh ouija board shirt and uh, i'm a big fan so definitely go follow them and thank you so much i know that you and your wife are fans and you have been for a really long time. And you know what? I'm huge fans of you. So I geeked out and did a little happy dance when you joined Patreon. And I can't wait to get to know you guys more and have you come on the podcast and talk about Spooky Charlotte because, you know, I like spooky shit. <laughs> and also a huge shout out to Marissa, who has upgraded from a majestic AF patron to a brilliant AF patron. And I, my heart is so full. You have been one of one one of the longest running supporters that we've had on this podcast, and your unwavering kindness and support of this podcast and me has meant the world to me. So thank you so much. And I'm excited for you to get your koozie in the mail because it got sent. <laughs> so thank you both so much for just being part of this family. And I appreciate you so much. And I'm not gonna get mushy because then I'll start crying because I'm big. Ball of mush right now. <sighs> Anywho, <laughs> if you want to join the fam, patreon.com slash historical afpod. And you got to sing it too, just like the pod. Anywho, if you'd like to send in a story for the extra af episodes, that is historicalafpod at gmail.com. You can also email me if you have an idea for a segment or if you would like to throw your hat in the ring to be a guest. You can do that, too. Just email me historicalafpod at gmail.com. And finally, merch. We have some sales coming up in January, and that is shop.spreadshirt.com slash historicalafpod. Um, I've added a couple of new stuff. We have a new Words Are Hard that's like Scrabble, which is pretty fun. And then I have a lot of Fuck Columbus stuff because, listen, you know, last episode I said it probably like eight times, and I decided to put it on a shirt so there's that <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening i can't wait for next week i actually convinced a tiktoker to join me and i'm gonna fangirl because i really like her tiktoks they're so much fun we're gonna talk about fandoms for part two her name is zoe it's amazing and i'll see you next week okay bye hello welcome to Highlights of history
2: i'm emily and i'm Karimia. Yeah. This is a show where we get down and dirty with famous women, men, and non-binary figures of history who may or may not have graced your fourth grade history class. (laughs) Or or your Apple news articles. We love a side of salacious with our history, so we decided to look into our favorite people who have been painted as harlots, tramps, vamps, floozies, trollops, strumpets, whores, femme fatales, mistresses of the night... Did you know that Mata Hari was not a double-crossing murderess? Did you know that geishas are not sex workers? We are your resident amateur historians, and we will be drinking wine, eating chips, smashing the patriarchy, and re-educating ourselves on everything we thought we knew about history. So pour yourself a fizzy drink, kick your kids out, and only let in animals over the age of 18. People years. Because your history is about to get bejazzled. So we'll be here taking back the word harlot. One episode at a time. Be a harlot. Not a hater. Bye. Bye.